This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello again and welcome everyone to another episode of Annual Pass. This is where we share our love of theme parks and, you know, also some other fun stuff. I'm your host, Jack Patillo, and of course, joining me as always is Mr. Jeff Ramsey. Hi, Jeffrey. Hey, Jack. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I figure we are in the week of, of finally <laughs> releasing the first episode. Somehow we've recorded five episodes of this. I know like it feels like every episode we started talking about how we haven't released the first episode yet. And the next one, we'll probably talk about how well the first one went. Hopefully. Hopefully. If we don't talk about it, it's because it did not go well. Yeah. Or it'll be a nice uh, five episode show that, you know, quietly <laughs> gets shuttered away. Like many a Rooster Teeth production before it. Welcome to what's possibly the last episode <laughs> of Annual Pass. Hi, everyone. It's good having you guys here again. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate every single one of you. Don't forget, uh, hey, you can grab a shirt. You can grab a an Annual Pass shirt in the store, store.roosterteeth.com right now. Go grab one because, you know, it's almost, it's almost summertime and it's almost start. It's time to get back to uh, going to theme parks. So you can wear your Annual Pass shirt and then you'll see someone else wearing one and be like, hey, and they'll be like, hey, you. And they'll be like, yeah, we the thing. And then you'll be happy. And that's how it works. And maybe you'll see me wearing one. Or you'll fall in love and get married and spend the rest of your lives together. That is an absolute possibility. 50-50 shot on that. This is going to be a little different episode. So typically every episode we go over a specific attraction. Like last week we talked about uh, Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster. A Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Excuse me. i got to get the correct term there. Super embarrassing and unprofessional of you. I know. I'm I'm so sorry. But this week, I, I figure we are getting close enough now where people are starting to feel comfortable about traveling, about visiting theme parks, about going into places that I'm going to give some tips. I'm going to give my five big tips when you're visiting a theme park. These are the official Jack Patillo five what to do tips at a theme park. This is it. Exactly. Exactly. This is the genre defining list is what you're saying. This is the one, Jeffrey. Okay. So this is my first time doing a, a, is it a listicle. Is that what they call it? <laughs> that is what they're called. Yeah. It's called the BuzzFeed, I think is what it is. Um, yep. Yeah. So we're going to run down. You're hashtagging. I'm, I'm wedding. <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. Your top five. <laughs> I'm going to go down my five things to do when you're going to a theme park. I'm Leaning this towards someone like you, Jeffrey, who's maybe okay. you've been to one before, but you don't have a whole lot of experience. Maybe you had someone take care of everything else before. And so now I'm going to I'm going to walk you through some of the steps you might need to do when visiting a theme park. All right. I'll say I, I tell you right now, I am your target audience and I do appreciate <laughs> it. You are correct. I'm not a uh, not a theme park aficionado, as it were. And when I went recently and by recently, I meant pre-pandemic, my girlfriend handled every bit of the planning and the grown-up stuff. And I just, I think I said in a previous episode, I followed her around like I was a kid <laughs> attached with one of the phone cords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. the best way to do it. If you, if you can get yourself that, I mean, that's, you know, number one, if you can find someone to do all the work for you, mm -hmm. that's it. Just, you know, done. Thanks for listening to Annual Pass. That's, that's a good episode. <laughs> this, this, is, uh, this is good for the contingency that in the unlikely event, and we hope it doesn't happen. But what if my girlfriend breaks up with me and dumps oh, me? God. And then I'm then I'm left like a babe in the woods, awash in a sea of confusion amidst all of the theme parks. And so uh, I need to be prepared for that. Uh, fingers yeah. crossed that uh, my relationship can withstand and <laughs> she'll continue to manage this. But. You know, I got to have a backup plan. The entire episode just hinges on your relationship with your girlfriend. So please <sighs> keep it stable, Jeffrey. Keep it stable. Okay. All right. So here we go. This is going to be sort of top down. Again, if you're a theme park, you know, regularly, maybe give us some advice. Give us some tips. Let us know on our on our Twitter or Instagram annual underscore pass. Hey, what did I miss? Here's something that I do every time I go, you know, and let let everyone else know. Just spread the love. Because we all want to go to theme parks. We all want to check out some really, really cool stuff. So here we go. But keep in mind, before you go, keep in mind, this is the defining list. Make your own list, but the Jack's list is the list. It is. This is the final one. I want to be clear about that. This is the annual pass official list of five things to do when you're going to a theme park. Here we go. Number it's just, one. It's just <laughs> that I get very protective of you. Uh-huh. You're like a, a brother to me, and I just I I don't want to see anybody try to take advantage of you. And so uh -huh. I want I want it to be understood that this list is the list. This is the list. Thank yeah. you. I, I okay. appreciate you protecting me. No, please and continue. Uh, the, the people and are putting your wing around me in Bette Midler style. Here we go. Number one. Yeah, don't drag this out. Prepare the essentials. 
That is the number one thing. So when I'm talking about preparing the essentials, you need to grab stuff that you're going to take with you in the park the whole time. So we're going to go ahead and assume you're going to a theme park. What I recommend the most is if you've ever been to a convention of some nature or just you have those little beach bags that have the little stringy things that you pull tight and it closes up the top and has little stringy arm things. You know what I'm talking? What are those called? Jeff? I do like convention bags. I don't know. Yeah, like a convention bag. So it's real simple. Nothing elaborate. You don't want to bring a backpack that has 9000 zippers in it because every major theme park you go to now you're going to go through some form of security. Even now, you're going to go through security and typically a temperature check as well. But you don't want to have to open up everything, show every nook and cranny. Get just one big bag that you can dump all your stuff into. All right. It's the most convenient thing because you can, you know, get one that's, you know, big enough to throw some souvenirs in there as well. But really, what you want to carry with you for sure. Number one, with a bullet, with a star, with just a big old highlighter on it, sunscreen. Oh my God, sunscreen. You absolutely need to have sunscreen. And I'm a, I'm a very pale-skinned gentleman, and uh, I can't stress enough how important sunscreen is taking to a theme park. Have it, reapply it, wear it. It's very important because you will get burned, if you, especially if you're in Florida, because it's humid and you'll sweat and you'll sweat off sunscreen. Bring sunscreen. Did, did you bring sunscreen when you went with you to California? You're darn right. My girlfriend brought me sunscreen. Absolutely. Go. It was in her purse and it was there whenever I asked for it. <laughs> uh, and you're right, Jack. I've seen you burn watching beach movies. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's very important. So along with the sunscreen in that bag, which you want to throw with you, this is kind of more Florida specific. I, I'm when I'm talking about theme parks, I'm going to lean heavily Florida because that's where I have most of my knowledge and experience. But if you're in Florida, especially you want to bring a poncho with you. Go somewhere local, go to your Target, go to your Walmart, grab yourself a $2 little plastic poncho. Doesn't have to be fancy, just one of those that folds up into a little bag. Throw it in there because it's going to rain. It's going to rain every single day you are in Florida for <laughs> a good 10 minutes midday typically because, you know, Florida is a peninsula and there's two giant bodies of water on either side of it and it's going to rain. Have yourself a way to get out of that. If you're not ready to go, you know, dive underneath cover, have something that you can wear around because you're going to be able to move very quickly when it is raining because that's when the park typically clears out. People are usually looking for spaces. They go shopping or they try to find a ride or something, but you can get around very, very quickly when it is raining if you're comfortable doing that. And a poncho is great because you can just throw it over everything. You can have your bag on, throw your poncho over it. Boom. Voila. Super easy. And I can't stress that enough. You want to have that ready to go. It's super tiny. It's very light. Have it in your bag with you. Can you think of anything else you'd want to throw in this bag of goodies, Jeff? I have a scenario I'm going to present you with when, you, okay. when you've wrapped up the end of point number one. And so I'm going to hold my comments for that. Okay. I will say uh, I personally usually throw a hat in there as well, like a ball cap, something to cover my head because I do have, you know, kind of thinning hair and nothing is worse than burning the top of your scalp. Holy crap. That's not good. Mm. So I. I would say a, like a cap of some nature. If you're that kind of person, that's me. Also, along with that, some sunglasses, too. That's a good thing. You can take your sunglasses on and off as you go in, indoors, outside. Again, Florida, very sunny. And, you know, you don't you want to be able to see stuff because there's a lot of cool stuff to see. As far as any other things that you want to throw in there, some people... If you're a person that enjoys going on a lot of water rides, some people will throw another T-shirt in a bag or even a pair of socks, mm. which isn't a bad thing because nothing, nothing is worse than walking around in wet socks. That is just a nightmare to swampy socks. So uh, if you want to throw that in there, too, you can go for it. Maybe a small pair, like little ankle socks or something. But again, you don't want to overload yourself where this thing is so heavy that you're going to have to drag it around all day. And then keep in mind, you're going to throw souvenirs in there as well. So. Don't go over the top. Don't get super crazy with it. But there are some things you absolutely want to have. Again, sunscreen, poncho, some kind of hat or some way to cover your face. Sunglasses are good. Headache medicine. Oh, Tylenol. Yeah, so that'd be good. Yeah. Some kind of headache medicine. That is nice. Again, this is the kind of things that in a pinch, you can buy them in the parks. Any any self-respecting park will have this kind of stuff, but they are going to charge you for it. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Anything you can bring with you, do so in advance. Some people bring food with them, like food and water. Eh, I, I don't, I'm not I'm not a big bringing food into a park kind of guy. You're not a food and water kind of guy. 
I love me some water. Don't get me wrong there. Uh, <laughs> I, if, you know, if you want to bring a, a bottle with you, like a bottle of water, like go for it. Or even like, you know, one of the, the normal Aquafina bottles, just empty it. So it's empty when you're walking in because that'll trigger alarms and stuff sometimes because a lot of metal detectors will freak out with water. So empty it and then refill it. A lot of parks have refill stations or if anything, just find a water fountain or, a, you know, a drinking fountain, not a water fountain. There's a lot of water fountains. Don't don't shove your, your water bottle into a, <laughs> a fountain in front of the castle. That would be awkward. But um, that is my bag of goodies. That's what I carry around with me. Again, it's small enough. You can throw it over your shoulders, carry around. And it's also you can cram it at your feet anytime you're on a roller coaster or an attraction or something. Or if you have to use a locker, you can just shove it into a locker. Boom, close it up and you're good to go. So that's my number one thing prepare your essentials what do you have to add to that jeffrey well i was just gonna say jack what would you recommend for uh, the kind of guy who would rather die than carry a bag at any point in his <laughs> life ever who doesn't take bags with him on planes who only wants a hands-free experience the entirety of the trip what can i put in my pockets i mean that's your, it's a hands-free experience still you throw it over your shoulders um eh, i don't want to be burdened okay i get that let's pare it down let's pare it down okay. then for you sunscreen for me it's a non-starter. You have to have that, right? So you can get like a little like those mini travel toothpaste bottles yes. of, of sunscreen, something okay. like that that can fit into a pocket. So, mm -hmm. But something you'll want to use throughout the day. That's important. Mm -hmm. A poncho then, probably not for you. How about this? If you're a guy like me, what if we can amend the the, the official rules? Uh, okay. Maybe this could be an addendum. I don't know. Or maybe maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's non-canon. I, I don't know how it fits into the larger picture. But what if for a guy like me who a doesn't want the responsibility of remembering to not to lose the bag when you go to the bathroom or put it down or turn around or because I will lose it and then I have to spend uh -huh. half the time I'm there looking for the bag, which at the end of the day I realize it didn't have anything of value anyway. Uh, the real value was the time that I lost that I could have been riding rides. The friends along the way, yeah. Yeah, the real value was the friends I lost along the way uh, while I was looking <laughs> for the bag. So what What if what a situation, if I had a hat, a baseball cap, right? I like to wear a okay. baseball cap. That keeps the sun off my head. Also, the worst part about getting wet in the rain for me is wet hair. I'm not a big fan of wet hair. Okay. So if okay. I have the hat on and then I have my sunglasses on, eyes are totally covered. The brim of the hat covers the sunglasses. Here's where we get interesting, right? So this okay. way, I think I think we don't need, I think you're totally right. I think we don't need the poncho because I've, I've now eliminated the majority of the reason I would not want to be wet. Then I can get like those little packets you get at the airport of mm -hmm. Tylenol, the little flat pack, pop my hat off, stick that on top of my head, put the hat back on. I'm not even going to notice that there's Tylenol on top of my head between my head and the hat. It's tiny. It doesn't take up any space. It's not heavy. It's not poking me. It's there if I need it. If not, no big deal. Hasn't impacted okay. me in any way. My pockets are still empty except for a wallet in the front pocket. Got a phone in the right pocket, right? Back pockets oh, okay. totally empty. Here we are. I think at that point, I'm pretty set. Oh, maybe in my back pocket, I have the uh, travel sunscreen. Okay. For a guy like me, that covers most of the bases. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I will say, though, the, the one thing that you have to kind of worry about is anytime you go on any sort of major attraction, any sort of fast moving ride, that cap and those sunglasses, uh, you're going to want to figure out something to do with them. So you've poked a giant hole in my damn. entire plan. OK. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I'll check back in with me like episode nine or ten and I'll see if I come up with something <laughs> by then. We'll have Jeff's uh, addendum. We'll have your Bill of Rights <laughs> yeah. that we can add on. Number two. Okay, here we go. Number two. This one's important as well. And this one can be a lot of fun, actually. My number two thing to do when you're going to a theme park is learn the park. That's right. So there are a lot of parks out there. And which one do you want to go to? So make sure you find the place you want to go. I try to do one park a day. That's my goal. I, I know a lot of people do the park hopping or a little start in one spot, go to another and go to another. I find you lose so much time traveling in between parks. You can lose an hour going between one park to another when you jump on a tram or get back to your car, go park again. And so unless it's something like Universal Studios a little different because Universal Islands of Adventure and the studios are literally attached to each other. You just walk out and across and boom, you're at the next one. Or you take the, you know, the Hogwarts Express and you just take a train between the two. But I'm talking, you know, your places like your Disney worlds where the parks are further apart from each other. So pick a park and then learn it. Learn about what you want to do at that park. Is there a must do attraction? Is there something that you absolutely have to go on that, you know, everyone else is going to go on? Like, for example, if you're going to Hollywood Studios right now, Rise of the Resistance is the big jam that everyone loves right now. That's the new Star Wars attraction that I still haven't been on, and I definitely want to go on it. You should study the park and make a plan. I should. That's the whole idea. And not only that, so once you know what park you're going to go to, once you've learned as much as you can about that specific park, buy your tickets early. 
I'm clapping my hands while saying that because nothing is worse than waiting for 30 minutes at the precipice of the entryway out front trying to buy your tickets to go inside the park. I remember being a kid going to Six Flags and waiting in line with my parents and I could literally see like Bugs Bunny just on the other side of the gate. And I was like, oh, I want to be in there. And so now most of these parks, I mean, all of these parks now, you can pre-purchase tickets and have them when you're ready to go. You can break, you can walk up and boom, go right in without having to wait in line, without having to buy tickets there. That is the most frustrating thing. So buy your tickets early. I have it in all caps on, on my thing. That fits underneath. Learn the park. Buy your tickets early. Did you guys have your tickets when you went to Disneyland out in California? I assume so. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked in. I think that, that was. I think that was handled for me. Yes. Did you break into Disneyland by accident? And didn't didn't realize no, it? No, 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 no. I definitely. That was definitely a phone with tickets on it. I'm pretty sure, right? Okay. It's a digital okay. affair. Isn't that how, how they work now? Yeah, yeah. Most of them now have other stuff like that. Digital ways of doing it. But yes. So that's a relatively simple, straightforward one. Figure out what park you want to do. Learn the park is my number two. Learn the park. Look at it. Find maps of it. Figure out all about this area you're going to do. And yeah, I would assume that, you know, people have different likes and interests, right? Like I there are a lot of people out there who may not want the most thrilling roller coasters. They may yes. want a more family friendly uh, experience or a more aqua centric experience or a more animal centric exactly. experience. And so definitely important to make sure that you're going to the place that's going to give you the most of what you're looking for, because these places take a lot of time and energy and are expensive. And you want to get uh, this, this is me talking like you. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. You just want to get your money's worth. I assume you're nailing it. Yeah, you, you want to get your biggest bang for your buck again, because traveling to these places is quite expensive. And, you know, you're not going to do it very often unless you're a weirdo like me. So, yeah. you know, make sure to pick something that's appropriate for you. Like if you want to go for your classic Disney attractions, like seeing the castle, meeting characters, you're going to want to go to Magic Kingdom. If you're into checking out different cultures, you probably want to go to Epcot. If you want to go on like big roller coasters, you probably want to go to Universal Studios. If you want to check out, you know, aquatic stuff, SeaWorld's over there as well. If you want to go to Legoland, there's there's so many different things and so many different tastes that, you know, find what you want, figure out where you want to go and learn your park. Okay, you mentioned this one, my number three. You mentioned something a little bit already heading in the direction of my number three. It was foreshadowing. It was it totally was. on purpose. Take a wild guess as to what my number three piece of advice is of my thing to do when you go to parks is. I'm going to guess knowing you for how long have we known each other now? 14 years. The eternity that is 14 years of being your friendship. I'm going mm. to uh, a good eternity. I'm going to guess that number three for you is plan. Ooh, close. It's not make a plans. Not number three. No, I mean, this is all part of the plan kind of. So, I mean, this is literally this you know, things to do when you're going to a park. So this is the whole thing is kind of a plan, but like a plan of attack. Like I'm going to go here first and then here like a, like a course of action, like a, a route. Actually, number four, one of my, I have bullet points. One of my bullet uh, sub bullet points of my number four is plan out an attack. <laughs> so <laughs> that's actually number four is like, you're kind of jumping ahead. Maybe the last 14 years have taught me nothing. No, no, you, you get in there. You get in there. You got it. You got it just a little bit early. Think about like what you're doing to prepare to go to a park, like sort of a more, What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a not a literal thing, but logistics, like planning out logistics. What would uh, be the, the next thing for you, you think? I would probably try to go to the bathroom as much as possible ahead of time. <laughs> clean myself out real good to minimize downtime at the park. Is that what you're saying? No, no, we're getting a little <laughs> too specific for you, I think. Um, OK, we actually have some Q&A. I got some Q&A specific to this episode, and there are a couple of people ask questions like that. But no, number three. On my list of five things to do when you're going to a theme park, download the apps. Download the apps. Yeah. Download the apps. I can't stress to you enough. You've already talked about how the apps were convenient. You used them for tickets. You used them for buying food. Every major theme park has an app now for your cell phone that you can use to cut down weights significantly for either attractions or for food. You can look at wait times. They're invaluable. I can't, I can't stress enough how invaluable getting these apps are and getting comfortable with them. Even if you don't go to parks, I have a folder on my iPhone of all the various theme parks I've been to. And every now and then I'll just pop open the, the Walt Disney World map and just take a look at wait times because it'll show you all the wait times for the different things. You can zoom in. It's like an actual map. I love it. And it's so nice. And so don't. Don't, don't make fun. Don't make fun. It hurts. <laughs> I love it. No, it's. I think it's endearing. I, I don't, I'm, I'm laughing with you, so start laughing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the closest you can get 
to being inside of a theme park without actually stepping foot in it is seeing the wait times and imagining in my head like, oh, I'd be in line right now. I'd be in front of, you know, the Chinese theater or something. So, again, the, these apps are invaluable. Um, I remember the first time a few years ago when I downloaded the app and I got some Dole Whip. I got some Pineapple Whip at Disneyland. Actually, I was there with some friends. And the line, I kid you not, the line must have been 50 people deep. Okay. We put our order in, and in five minutes, we had our ice cream in our hands while we the line moved forward maybe 10 people. It's awesome. It's so good. Use the apps. They're great. You can link up and you, you know, you can link up your accounts. Like Disney has a whole thing where your park tickets are now digital and you can link them to your app. And as now they're making it where you can use your uh, Apple Watch as an actual entry point. Really? Yeah. Um, so in Florida, they have a thing called Magic Bands which are little bracelets that have an RFID or some sort of, you know, mechanics inside of them that you can associate to your Disney accounts. And then it's essentially your tickets. You you hit it to walk into a park. You can also link a credit card to it and then go purchase stuff and just like tap your wristband and type in a passcode. And then you can pay for stuff without having to get your wallet out or without having to carry a bunch of stuff with you. You literally have it on your wristband. Not only that, Jeff, they have a ton of different designs that are really cool. We should we should pick out some magic bands for each other, I think. <laughs> OK, that sounds romantic. Let's do that. When ultimately we go to the parks, because at some point we're going to go. Absolutely. That's all linked to the Disney app as well. Universal's got a fantastic app where you can order food. A lot of them now will actually have the ride photos. So I love ride photos where it takes a photo when you're on your roller coasters. The Disney one actually links to your account. So you can jump on a ride. You ride Everest or you ride, you know, the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. You get off. You can look at your phone and look at the actual photo it took during your ride. Oh, really? And you can save it and send it to friends. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really, really neat. It's really the, the technology is so cool behind it. And it makes sense because these parks, they want to keep you moving. They want to keep you spending money. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah don't stop here. Look there. We'll send you your photo. Just there you go. OK. Oh, you want to buy some stuff here? Buy some stuff quickly. There you go. It makes a lot of sense. So those apps, grab the apps, be like me and check out the wait times. It's it's loads of fun. And uh, that's my number three. Download the apps. That hmm. makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I'm surprised it's your number three. I would have thought it would have been your number four, but that's cool. I want to say, OK, so I have a theme parks folder. So I've got Disneyland. I've got Disneyland Paris. I've got Play Disney, which is an app that you can use to play games inside of the park which is a, another thing we'll get into someday when we talk about the uh, Black Spire Outpost and, and all the Star Wars stuff. I've got Universal Florida. I've got Disney World. I've got Amazing Pictures, which is the app that Universal uses to send your photos to. And then I've got a recording app as well. So I'm not, I've, I've been to Disneyland Paris in years and I still keep the app just because I love it. <laughs> I don't have any of those. That's a, quite an app collection you're working on there. It's good. It's, it's kind of neat. It's, it's sort of like it's like pin trading except it's app trading. So there you go. And we're going to take a short little break just to, you know, pay some bills and all that stuff. And today I want to tell you about Red Web. Do you love unsolved mysteries? Let me introduce you to Red Web, a podcast all about Internet mysteries, true crime, cryptids and more. I don't even know what a cryptid is, but I'm sure we can find out on Red Web. Every Monday, host Trevor Collins and Alfredo Diaz dive into a new mystery, discussing the timelines and theories surrounding each case. And the fun part, Alfredo's hearing these for the very first time, offering questions and speculation along the way. If you love true crime, subscribe to Red Web today, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm a fan of the show. I tune into it every single Monday. And they actually just did an episode about the Jersey Devil, which they're opening up the Jersey Devil coaster. And so maybe some crossover. Anyway, check out Red Web every Monday podcast, all that stuff. And uh, tell them I sent you. All right, back to the episode. All right, that's number three for you. Download the app. So again, we have number one, prepare the essentials. Number two, learn the park. Number three, download the apps. Number four, Jeff, you were shooting around it so closely. Number four, figure out what you want to ride. Bullet point A, make a plan of attack. There you go. Make a plan of attack. My recommendation is pick three rides that you can't live without. So when you go to a park, Find the three rides. I like if I don't ride these today, I'm going to be horribly disappointed. So find three rides and be like, these are the ones we are going to do for sure. And be prepared to wait in line. As of right now, there's no fast pass at Disney. I don't know if Express Pass is happening at Universal. That's their form of fast pass. But waiting in line isn't the worst thing in the world. I'll be honest. Find yourself some games that you can play. If you're with friends, it's a chance to talk. 
we've grown up in a culture of very much like I get what I want right now. That's kind yeah. of the, the sort of self-serving culture. I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like you just kind of get like, I want that and you just take it or I want to watch this show and it's immediately available to you. Waiting in lines was the culture of theme parks back in the day. I, I've mentioned before going like six flags and waiting two hours for a, a ride that lasts 15 seconds. That's just the thing. Waiting in lines is a is a rich human tradition that goes, <laughs> I would say, probably all the way back to the caveman days. And uh, I feel like it doesn't get enough, I guess, accolades. You know, think about how many great ideas you have when you're stuck in line, just waiting, just idling, trying to pass the time. And do your best not to just be staring at your cell phone the whole time. Yeah. Because, again, if you're going to a park for a long time, you're going to drain the battery on your cell phone very quickly. And you don't want to have to carry around a battery pack, which... If you have your bag with you, you can throw one in there. But man, that's just a lot of extra weight that yeah. isn't necessary. Some parks now actually have things where you can go and rent recharging batteries for your phone. Like Disney has like a power pod thing or something where you can spend like 15 bucks and you get a little charging station. You can recycle them throughout the day. But you don't want to do that. You don't want to have to do that. So, you know, get ready to wait in line. It's not the worst thing in the world. There are much worse things. And it's no, you have it better now than we did back in the day. Which which brings us to our second bullet point. Charge up all your electronics before oh, you yeah. leave the house, hotel, place. Make sure you got room on your cell phone for photos as well. And video. Yeah. Sub point. Now that I said that, this isn't really on here. But let me, I'm just going to throw out a piece of advice slash criticism. Uh-oh. Don't film everything. Nothing drives me crazier than seeing people walking around with their nose in their cell phone, just filming everything. Don't don't. You're yeah. not going to watch that video. You're not going to watch a video of fireworks two years from now. Just watch it with your eyes and enjoy it. I, actually, that's this kind of goes into point number five, but I'm getting ahead of myself. You know, it's important to experience it. So if you're going to use a cell phone, don't be a jerk about it. Snap a photo, snap some selfies. Make sure you take photos of yourself in the parks. I've done that a lot where I'll go to a park and realize I don't have a single photo of me yeah. there. So get groups together, take photos. There's some really cool stuff at these parks. So, you know, stand in front of it, do some selfies, get some cool, get the castle behind you, get the, you know, the haunted mansion behind you, get the Hulk coaster behind you. Just well, yeah, take, take photos. You want a record that you were there that you can point back to and remember fun memories, but you yeah. don't want a record of every second of the day. You don't need that. Yeah. We're drifting into my point number five, but so for this one, figure out what you want to ride. Um, so we talk about an attack plan. What I recommend doing is sort of most theme parks have a sort of spiral pattern where it's usually like a hub and spoke. So the middle of the park will kind of be the center and then there's stuff surrounding that. So, for example, at Magic Kingdom on your right, when you walk in is Tomorrowland, then above that is Fantasyland. And then kind of, you know, it's sort of you can make a circle, essentially. Most parks designed well for traffic flow are built like that, where you can kind of get to any point going across the center, but it's a circle. I want to say research has actually been done that most people will travel in a clockwise circle when going to theme parks. And so it's just a natural thing where people typically drift left and then just follow the, the outside edge around a park. So if you're at Magic Kingdom, you're going to go hit up, you know, Jungle Cruise and go to Pirates and hmm. then end up at Haunted Mansion or, or, you know, Big Thunder and then end up over at Small World and then over to Autotopia and then Space Mountain and back to the beginning. It's human nature. So if you want to fight that and go the opposite direction, go for it. But you're going to be bumping into people the whole time. <laughs> you're going to be that salmon swimming upstream. <laughs> These places are going to be packed anyway. So kind of pick a direction. I was, I recommend kind of going in one direction. Pick whichever way you're going to go and just stay in that way. So if you want to go to Magic Kingdom, if like, you know, Space Mountain is number one, you want to start with that, great. That's on the right. And then work your way counterclockwise from there. But try to go in one continuous direction. It makes it where you're not backtracking a whole lot and you kind of get more done and you feel like you're progressing forward. And then once you've sort of accomplished the stuff you want to accomplish, you can then start you know, returning to things. Maybe go to a shop you missed before. Maybe ride a ride again if it's, if it's not too busy. But, uh, you know, kind of keep it moving. Keep it flowing so it feels like you're progressing forward throughout your day. Also, one thing, too, I've got on here. When you do plan out your day, you have your attack plan. Don't forget food. Don't forget to eat. Because you'll look up and suddenly it's four o'clock in the afternoon and you haven't had anything to eat that day because you were so focused on riding rides or shopping. And remember, Jack does not approve of you bringing food with you. <laughs> you can only eat the food in the theme park. So make a point of it. That is true. I mean, if you want, you know, and bring some snacks, I get that. I personally don't. I, I'd rather get my, my snacks there. I'd rather get my funnel cakes hot. Well, you're there to eat roller coasters. Eat roller coasters. Yes, I just devour them. Yeah, that's my, my dream. 
So don't forget to eat. Food is fuel for your tank and you don't want to go dry midday. So there you go. That is my number four. Figure out what you want to ride. So there we go. Again, we're coming up on it. We've got number one, prepare the essentials. Number two, learn the park. Number three, download the apps. Number four, figure out what you want to ride. What do you think number five is, Jeff? Man, I'm scared to be wrong again. Uh, this is like, and it encapsulates everything. Really thought three was a slam dunk. Uh, I'm still, I honestly still kind of reeling from that one. I'm scared to hazard a guess, Jack. What is number five? Number five is soak in the details. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> theme parks are living pieces of art. I love theme parks. I love the magic of theme parks. I love all the work and intricacies in theme parks. From the cast members who greet you when you walk in to the little hidden Mickeys around a corner or to the little details in the Spider-Man ride. Theme parks are some of the most incredible pieces of modern art, in my opinion, on the planet. Take your time to look around. Look at stuff that you might not think about. Look up high. Look at some of the windows on Main Street USA. Walk around the sort of hidden New York back alleys over at Universal in front of the Mummy Ride. There is some really, really cool stuff that a lot of people spent a lot of time working on. And if you're just blasting through parks trying to go from ride to ride to ride and like, oh, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. You're going to miss so much of that stuff that makes theme parks important and magical to me. This is my really important thing. When you're in a park, take the time to enjoy it because nothing is worse than be like, oh, God, it was just miserable. There were lines everywhere and everything was so expensive. It's like, yeah, but did you see some cool stuff? And it's like, well, yeah, I guess so. But it's like, no, no, that's that's what it is. That's what a vacation is. And, and things can get overwhelming very quickly when you're in a park because there is going to be a lot of people, especially now returning from COVID. I know a lot of people, their first sort of experience back from you know, being quarantined is they're going to want to go to a theme park and suddenly you go, you're going from zero to 100 very, very quickly. So brace yourself for it and take your time for it and go at a pace that you're comfortable with. So don't feel like, you know, if you don't ride everything, if you don't go on every single attraction, you're missing out on something. Those these parks aren't going anywhere. They're, they're going to be around for a long, long time. So, you know, enjoy it. Make the most out of it. It, it. You know, if you if you want to sit down and eat your Dole Whip while looking at the Aladdin carpet ride, go for it. I will say as somebody who gets caught up when I go on vacation to places, cities, wherever, I get caught up in the idea that I have to see all of it or, you know, because I don't know when I'll be back. And yeah. I, I, it's something that I have to fight against. I really do think it's more important to enjoy what you see than see everything, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, some people will be like, oh, you know, I, I spent so much money to get here. It's like, yeah, you did. So why don't you take the time to enjoy it? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, like, exactly. Because when I worked at the Great Movie Ride, I have a perfect encapsulation of what I'm talking about. Going back to point number one, it rains every day in Florida. So we were out in front of the ride. I was out in front. Of, I was a greeter at this point, like in the rotation. And so I was out in front and, uh, you know, answering like, yes, this is a ride. There's the restrooms over there. It started raining, you know, pretty hard. And so rain's coming down pretty rough. And I saw this man with his his son literally hold. I don't know how old he is, but he was holding by his holding his son by his hand and like literally dragging him behind him. Like, come on, we got to go. And this kid's just screaming bloody murder. And this guy's walking with his kid walking behind him. And it's just like not having a good time, not having fun. Not five minutes later, I saw another father and his son jumping in puddles together. And it was like the most adorable thing ever. And it's like that guy's doing it right, right there. Like, you know, you're going to make the most of what you got. And that kid's going to have a great memory. And they're going to have, you know, that's, that's beautiful. It's like, make the best of what you're, you're dealt. You know, if life gives you lemons, you know, say screw the lemons and jump in the puddles, <laughs> jump in a puddle. And I know a lot of this is easier said than done. A lot of like, again, theme parks can be very overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff you feel like you have to do. And so try not to get in over your head. If you can't ride everything, it's not the end of the world. There's still attractions I haven't ridden that I've been to parks at that frustrate me. But you know what? I'll get back there someday. So do your best. And also know when you're in these parks, too, you are safe. A lot of people, you know, can get like overwhelmed. Um, but theme parks are some of the safest places on the planet. There are employees, cast members around every single corner, every nook and crevice of these places. And not only that, but there's also like cameras and security watching every everyone. <laughs> yeah, big brother is watching you constantly. <laughs> Feel safe. <laughs> it is true, though. You're not going to get pickpocketed. You're not going to. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. They are so good about that stuff. I mean, they have, a you know, these theme parks have a legacy and like they have. Their goal is to make people feel safe and feel comfortable being in and enjoying themselves. And so know that you are protected and you are safe when you're inside of these things. Know that when you ride a roller coaster, 
those roller coasters go under maintenance constantly. They're always being checked. They have re regulations and, and rules about stuff and safeguards and safety measurements. You're going to be safe. You can be terrified all you want, but you're going to come off a roller coaster fine. You're, you're, you know, aside from your anxiety levels going through the roof or being, you know, a little bit scared. And a really embarrassing photo. Yeah, you're going to be fine. So know that you're going to be safe and do your best to enjoy it. So that's pretty much it, Jeff. Those are my five things to do. When you're going to a theme park. That's a it's a solid list. I gotta I gotta say I really enjoy it. Again, prepare the essentials. Yeah. Learn the park. Gotta do that. Download the apps. It's important. Figure out what you want to ride. No point in going if you don't. And soak in the details. Pay attention to the little things. Even the trash cans are designed in cool ways at theme parks. They are. They are. You know, there's multiple trash cans. Disney has a different trash cans for different portions of the theme parks. I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me that you do. <laughs> 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 oh man so there you go those are my tips of course you know this fluctuates and changes and i'm always going to think of something or forget about something so i'll do my best to keep reminding people if you have any questions feel free to email us annual pass at roosterteeth.com or hit us up on twitter instagram annual underscore pass and not only that so jeff I asked the audience for questions. I'm like, hey, if you have any questions, let me know. Yeah. I reached out today on Twitter and I was like, hey, do you have any questions about going to a theme park for the first time or sort of preparations you'd want to make going to one? And uh, I got some good questions for us to answer. Well, let's get to it. I have invaluable wisdom on this thing I know nothing about. You are very good about this. So here we go. Uh, the first one from Trevor Lawton, who's at Trevor Lawton on Twitter. Would you rather rope drop a theme park or stay until closing? Pros and cons for both. Do you know what rope drop is, Jeff? I believe uh, rope drop is... I'm, I'm catching up on all of your terminology. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to assume... Because I think you've referenced it before. That's like when you go in at the... Like, when it opens, at, like when they open the rope to let people in, and then you leave when they close the rope or is it just when the rope drops and you can come in at the beginning of the day? So you got it. Rope drop is the beginning of the day. Just so the beginning of the day. Okay. Yeah. So what they'll do is a lot of theme parks, uh, what you'll go through the turnstile to get into the park, but then in sort of the entry area, they'll rope off kind of the entrance to the rest of the park. So some like magic kingdom, it'll be kind of like right where main street USA after the big circle in the beginning, like after the big circle, the very front, they'll, they'll block it off at like the Emporium, uh, Hollywood Studios, same, same sort of deal over by the photo area. But they'll get people into the park. So that way they kind of like your first step is to go through the turnstile. Let's get people inside. They'll sometimes open it an hour to 30 minutes early just to get people queued up and ready to go. The question is, would you rather rope drop a theme park or stay till close? Personally, both for me. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a third option? I don't like waking up early. Right now, it's actually pretty important because a lot of these parks are hitting capacity early. So you want to get inside very, very early. Also, that's going to be your quickest route to having uh, short wait times is being able to get inside and kind of beeline it to the first attraction you want to hit. If you want to go to Space Mountain, run straight to it. If you want to go to Rise of the Resistance, run straight to it. Not run, but, you know, focus on that and just walk that direction because these rides will get very long very quickly. Yeah. So. The con for, for rope drop is obviously having to be there an hour before the park opens. So these parks open like eight, nine in the morning. So if you want to get there super early, that could be rough because then you start hitting a tired. You know, I, I know I get tired in mid afternoon and then, you know, you want to take a nap and then you have to leave, go back to your hotel and then you, you take a nap then you don't want to go back. And anyway, that's it. But then as far as, you know, staying till closing, I like that because typically there's fireworks. Not right now because of COVID, but um, staying till the very end. Did you just say because of COVID? I yeah, I, I sort of I swallowed my tongue there for a moment. I don't know what happened. I tried to keep moving to see if you'd ignore it, and you'd, I should have known better. I can't. Um, I can't ignore that. You no, just invented no. the coolest word. <laughs> it's like the Jay Z disease. <laughs> That's great. Sorry. Continue. Uh, we're gonna run this town. Um. Staying till close, I like it because uh, there's something magical about theme parks at night. A yeah. lot of theme parks have Christmas lights and trees that'll twinkle. The castles or the icons, they typically light them up at night and make them look really, really cool. I like staying till it's dark. I enjoy being there at the, the close of park. The major con of that is leaving the park is a nightmare because when they shut it down, it's like, all right, everyone's going out at the yeah. same time. So your, your parking lots are going to be crazy packed and very full. There are pros and cons to both. I personally try to get there as early as I can and stay as late as I can. I like making full days out of my trips when I go. If I'm going to be there for a long time, though, if I'm going to be like in Orlando for a week, I might not go as long, but that is because I have an annual pass. And so I can just kind of pop in for a few yeah. hours and leave and, and not feel as bad. If you're going for, you know, a specific trip, you've got like three days in the parks, you're going to want to make the most of it. So 
kind of buckle down, enjoy it. But remember, don't forget to enjoy it and soak in the, the part. Number five. Number five. Yeah. Here we go. I've got Kevin Martin, who's at just testing four two nine, says, how do I balance waiting and riding rides with walking around and enjoying the park? That's a great question. So kind of goes back to my pick three things. There's going to be three rides that are going to be busy that you're going to have to wait in line for. But at the same time, take time for yourself to just walk around and enjoy the scenery and go maybe do some shopping, maybe look around, maybe find some cool restaurants. Really, it's sort of it's up to you, Kevin. So if you're more of a, an, a thrill ride seeker, if you're more of an attraction seeker, maybe lean towards, you know, that if, if you're more of a sights and sounds and photos kind of guy, maybe lean towards that. But try to make a balance. You know, it, these parks right now are going to be very, very busy. So if you can rely more on sort of enjoying the atmosphere as opposed to waiting in line constantly all day, I would maybe lean towards that. Maybe pick two big attractions or, you know, three for a full day is not bad. But yeah, so just sort of figure out what's important to you and make sure you have time for it. What would be your time, Jeff? Would you like more rides or would you like more time to look around? Well, I thought it was a it was a really good question and I liked your advice, but I would say probably like you said pick 3 rides. Yeah. I have a question based on that. How long should I expect to be in a line for a premium ride? Like on an average day, you know, all things are equal, Space Mountain or whatever mm. it is. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's a heavy hitter, it's a popular one. How long is it like an hour would we say that I'm going to be in line? I would give yourself 60 to 90 minutes. 60 to 90 minutes. Well, then I would recommend I would probably, as soon as I got in the gate, maybe do a quick lap around the place. Or if I know what ride I want to go to, go straight to that ride. Mm-hmm. R- get in that line while I'm I, I'm fresh and I have all the energy and I haven't really started to wear down yet. Then enjoy that ride. And then I would walk around for maybe an hour or two, have the other experience. And then when I start to get a little bored or I start to feel like I've seen a lot, then jump back into the other line and try to space it out. So you get like, yeah. you're, not, you're not spending the whole day queuing up in line. Uh, like you don't front load it or, or save it to the end. You just kind of like, you know, do a smattering of, of lines yeah. throughout the day. And not only that, like there's a lot of cool stuff that happens inside of theme parks. They're kind of like, I forget the term for it, not magical moments, but there is some stuff that's not necessarily on like a schedule. It's stuff that just happens. Like the, uh, there is a piano player at Casey's hot dog stand in magic kingdom. It's a guy who comes out and plays piano and he just does it. I don't know if there's a strict schedule for him, but he'll come out and play piano. And he's one of the most amazing, like ragtime piano players I've ever seen in my life. Pianist I've ever seen in my life. There's the, the dapper Dan's out in California. They're a, an acapella group yeah. that hang around main street USA. And it's kind of like, like I've been eating lunch with friends and this, all of a sudden these guys are singing. It's like, Oh, that's cool. On Sunset Boulevard and, uh, and at Hollywood Studios, they will sometimes throw out, you know, character actors who just kind of wander around and just kind of mess around with people. And I love that stuff. I don't know if that's happening right now with COVID, but, you know, you've got character interactions like right now you kind of have characters sort of show up and, you know, enjoy those. Like take a time, take some time to take a look at that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say when I was there uh, and once again, I guess I don't know if it's going on right now uh, either, but there were stormtroopers that would patrol around like the Star yeah. Wars area and they would interact with people and they would warn you. And every once in a while, Kylo Ren would show up and do like a little skit with somebody in the audience and then they'd go and then he and the stormtroopers would march along. It was really it was fun. I saw it three or four times and I, I stopped to watch it every time because it's it's just such an enjoyable little moment you know i remember the first time i went to uh, black spire outpost which is the star wars area in disneyland uh chewbacca and ray were walking around <laughs> which is kind of cool because they didn't yeah. like stop moving to like take photos and like make a line they just kind of were wandering around and chewbacca spotted a guy wearing a sith beanie and just started like harassing the guy <laughs> like, <laughs> he started following around like shaking his arms up and down in the air and it's like pointing at him and stuff it was really really funny that's great and i just love moments like that and that's really cool yeah, so there you go. Hopefully that's some good advice for you and, you know, enjoy it as much as you can. Rudio one says, I have my Disneyland reservation set for opening weekend. What would be the first thing you do if you haven't had your Disneyland fix in over a year? So by the time this comes out, I'm assuming Rudio has already been to uh, Disneyland. But Jeff, it's been over a year for you since you've been to Disneyland. It's been, it's been almost two years for me. What would be the first thing you would do back at Disneyland if you had the opportunity right now, I would get a Dole Whip and I would go watch those birds sing that song, the Tiki song. You <laughs> know what I'm talking room? about? Yeah, the Tiki Room. I like that place. Yeah, the Tiki Room's awesome. I like that place a lot and it's easy to get into. And so I would run and I'd get a Dole Whip and I would immediately go and I'd sit and I'd watch that little song. That would be my number one thing. Nice, nice. Mine, uh, I would probably do, man, that's tough. Like the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland is really, really cool. It's a little bit different than the one in, in Florida. 
they've apparently tweaked a few things inside of it already. So uh, I, I love the Haunted Mansion. That's one of my go-tos. Haunted Mansion and Pirates are my two big ones. Mm. So I'd probably head that direction and try to get to one of those first and then immediately go to the other. That'd be my jam. All right. Yeah. So there you go, Rudio. Enjoy your time in the park. Uh, send us some pictures. If you, if you get this, uh, send us some pictures from your, your trip to annual underscore pass on Twitter. That'd be great. And spread the word. Let your friends know all about it. We have three questions, but two were kind of related to each other. Salmon Buffalo, who's at Red Rollins Yum. <laughs> Wait, did you say Sam in Buffalo or Salmon Buffalo? Salmon Buffalo, like the fish. Okay, got it. Who's Red Rollins Yum. Do you have any tips for not getting overwhelmed? I used to feel like I had to do everything and would get increasingly anxious as the day went on that I'd miss something. So Salmon Buffalo, I hope you, you listen to my step number five. You're going to miss stuff is what it's going to come down to that. You're not going to be able to do every single thing at a theme park in one day. It's physically impossible unless it's some a super, super tiny park somewhere. We're going to like a state carnival, maybe. So personally, I find some sort of peace in that that I get like, all right, I'm not going to be able to do everything. So I'm not going to stress over it. Like I personally know, like I will save stuff for later. I will come back and find things that I missed. And I like that. But I don't know, do, Jeff, do you have any tips for not getting overwhelmed like that? Take breaks. There's a lot of like little food courts and stuff you can dip mm -hmm. into that are dark and cool. If it's because it's pre usually pretty like the sun is usually pretty bright and glaring and it's easy to get, you know, kind of sunblind and overheated. And I, I find that just like going and sitting down somewhere for a little bit in the shade for five or ten minutes yeah. and just just people watch for a minute uh, kind of helps me recharge. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That's that's good. And like I said, you know, kind of pick the things you want to do, like make sure you've got like some major like I have to do this, this and this, but make it a accomplishable list. You know, don't give yourself so much that you're just like you're not going to be able to finish it yeah. all. Like, let's do the things I can. And then anything on top of that is gravy. So do your best not to overwhelm yourself and, uh, you know, enjoy yourself while you're there. And then we've got two questions here. This one's from Amy M., who's Amy drinks tea. What should you eat and when? Whenever I go to a theme park, part of me wants to go ham and eat everything. But the other <laughs> part of me wants to ride roller coasters all day without getting sick. What's the ideal balance? And then Matthew Morrissey, who's at A21 Starman, says, is it better to adhere to a normal eating schedule at a park or reserve the bulk of it for the beginning slash end to avoid stomach issues while riding? So I felt those two kind of fit together. So Amy and Matthew asking about foodstuffs. I sort of lean towards... You knowing your body, if you are someone who can, you know, have a gross meal because you're not going to eat healthy at a theme park is pretty much what it's going to come down to. There are ways to do it. I guess that is possible. But for the most part, you're going to be eating hot dogs, chicken strips, fries, ice cream, churros, funnel cakes, cotton candy, stuff that's not going to meld too well so together. So much ice cream, so much Dole Whip. What I recommend doing is start your day off, maybe do some attractions early in the morning and then give yourself a time, give yourself a break to have a meal. And then maybe right after a meal, go somewhere that has a long line. So you let yourself digest that meal. So, you know, you let it, you let it sit in your stomach and then kind of like digest. And then by the time you get to the, you know, big thunder mountain, boom, you're good to go. But eat, eat throughout the day. I, I would highly recommend not doing the load up in the morning, load up yeah. in the evening. That's not a good idea, in my opinion. I agree with you there. I would give different advice. I would say that uh, I personally approach it in those situations like a seven-year-old with a credit card and no parents. <laughs> if I see it and I want it, I'm going to get it. And I'm gonna, and it's a part of the experience. And I'm going to feel terrible by the end of the day. And I'm going to have a tummy ache in the hotel room and a fever. And I'll watch CNN and feel bad and drink a flat soda and go to bed so that I hopefully I feel better in the morning. And that's part of it. And that's what I'm paying for. That's a good way of looking at it. You know, you are on vacation try to take the time to enjoy yourself don't feel like you know you have to be so careful about everything like i i you know and, and another thing too souvenirs when i see souvenirs like there's so much stuff i want to buy when i'm at theme parks and then if i step back for a moment try to take your brain out of the theme park and out of the moments and think of where would this live in my house mm -hmm. where would this live in my apartments and when you think like that you very quickly realize, oh, maybe I don't need that statue of Jack Skellington. The most time you're going to spend with your souvenir is honestly probably while you're carrying it around the theme park all day long because you bought it early and you didn't wait till the end of the day. Uh, Yeah, that's probably the most interaction you're going to have with that souvenir in your lifespan with it. Honestly, like one of my favorite souvenirs that I've I've now gotten back into. I love park maps. I love theme park maps. Like mm. that's one of my favorite things. And 
I'm now going through on I'm just scouring eBay for old school park maps of like opening day. Like I, I bought the opening day map for Disney MGM Studios. Um, I got an opening day map for um, uh, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. And I'm trying to find one for Epcot now, trying to find one for Animal Kingdom. Just like that's kind of cool. Yeah. And park maps are literally free. When you walk inside, you can just grab one. I mean, they're there for you. And that's it's a cool experience. And you can look at it in the future and be like, oh, I remember this. Or when a ride shuts down, you'd be like, oh, there it is. And that's where it was. And that's a super cheap, literally free souvenir you can take home. And it's paper. So oh, it's- yeah, I got a I got a free souvenir that I still have when I went to Disneyland because it was my first time. They wrote my name on a button and gave it to me that said I was like a first timer. If you walk up, yeah, then tell them that they'll misspell your name. But that's okay. I still have the button. <laughs> They'll also uh, for wedding anniversaries or just married. That is my last last little tip I'll give you right now. If you're going to Disneyland on your honeymoon or Universal on your honeymoon, let them know because they'll give you little buttons that say just married. And it's like, ah, and, you know, you have to wear it on your shirt. But sometimes if you find a cast member that's very friendly or if it's not terribly busy, they'll see that and be like, oh, come with me. And they could walk you to the front of the rides like they'll, they'll make you they'll help you skip lines. I know when Katie and I, my wife and I, we went to Universal for our honeymoon. We went like right after we got married. We literally were just swept away to the start of so many rides. Like we didn't have to wait in line for anything. It was awesome. And there was and there was like they don't charge you for that or anything. It's just people being friendly because a lot of times cast members just want to give you a good experience. And so that is part of it. And Jack, if you're ethically yes. and morally ambiguous, <laughs> it could be your honeymoon every time you go to the theme park. It could be. It could be. Or your birthday. You know, you yeah. can do anything like that. So that's it. Thank you very much for all the questions. If you have any questions you want to ask us, feel free to email it to us. Annual pass at roosterteeth.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Annual underscore pass on those social areas. Thank you again, everyone who's been listening to the podcast. It means a lot. In a review you can give us, that would be great. Again, this is the last one we're recording before it goes into the wild, before our baby is released into the wild. And I'm so curious to see the response for it. So next week, you'll hear my incredible enthusiasm or overwhelming disappointment <laughs> on how things go after this week. Uh, don't forget to grab a shirt in the store, store.roosteeth.com. You can grab an annual pass shirt. We got some cool ones. I like them a lot. Jeff, have you picked up a shirt yet? I have three already. Nice. Yeah, they're in they're in my rotation. I wear them all the time. Oh, that's super sweet. So there you go. Uh, next week, we are going to check out Judge Roy Scream. That's right, Jeff. We're going to talk about the uh, very first roller coaster I ever rode. Oh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, I don't know how much I can find about it, but we're going to do our best to, to figure it out. Well, it's a Texas roller coaster, right? Yeah. And you're a Texan. That's true. There you go. Problem solved. Come back next week for the Judge Roy Scream, and we will cover that and talk a little bit about the history of it and what it's what it means to be on that ride and where it came from. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of other fun stuff happening later on. Uh, this is May right now. When you're listening to this, we got some really, really fun stuff planned for June that I, I don't know if I can talk about yet. So I'll find out. And then maybe the next episode, you'll hear more about it. Or we've already announced it online. And you're like, why isn't he talking about it? It doesn't make any sense. Very so. excited about, about it either way. <laughs> Jeff, thank you very much for joining me. Do you feel like you learned some stuff today? I do, Jack. I feel like I learned five exact things today. So thank you very much for that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Annual Pass. We appreciate you guys. Again, follow us on all the socials, Annual underscore Pass. We'll see you next time. Have yourself a fantastic day. Bye. Whee. That's my new sign-off. I'm going to say we. Whee.